0: So we should all establish mindfulness with our in-and-out breath. Feel the breath, whether at the nose or the upper lip or various places, and feel the breath go in and out and place the mind in the present moment, not getting lost in the past or future. And just this is the path of sila, samadhi, panya, the Noble Eightfold Path that the Buddha taught. Thinking of the past or future, one should cut this off and realize peacefulness. It's not easy to meet the teachings of the Buddha who had such great loving kindness and compassion and built his parami, his spiritual perfections for four incalculable ages and a hundred thousand eons in order to come teach us all the liberating Dhamma. So the Buddha taught and those with faith followed these teachings, having faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, faith in Dhamma, generosity, faith in the practice of virtue. And with this basis, developing peace of mind, peace of heart. And this mind is the Element that knows, it's a knowing element that knows the various objects of the six senses. And once the mind knows a given object of the, six sense, of the six senses, then the mind proliferates. And because of this proliferation, the mind is not peaceful. And this gives rise to suffering. And the mind simply does not see the truth of reality. It does not see things as they are. And seeing this truth of reality is something we should see. We should practice to be able to see it. So we can take, for example, the eye seeing a visual form and then liking or disliking arises and then proliferation arises based on that. So we must practice our minds to be peaceful and to be intelligent. If we don't develop our minds, then the mind, it has no caretaker, can be likened to a homeless person that has no one to care for them. And this uh, is a very difficult situation to be in. So practicing and developing our minds leads to stability, leads to samadhi, collectedness. And then with this basis, we can then uh, study vipassana, the practice of clear seeing. So the object of vipassana is anicca, impermanence, dukkha, stress, and anatta, not self. And the Buddha taught that um, all phenomena share these characteristics of anicca, dukkha, anatta. And whatever it is that is ever changing and impermanent is also stressful and unsatisfactory. And whatever it is that's unsatisfactory and stressful is not a me, not a I, not a mine. And the mind that doesn't know this truth, that doesn't know this uh, clings to the various phenomena and thinks that the phenomena that are impermanent thinks that they're permanent, and thinks that things that are stressful thinks that they're satisfying and pleasurable, and thinks that things that are not me and not mine thinks that they are me and they are mine, they are a self. So this is what is known as wrong view. And based on this uh, dukkha, stress, suffering arises to a great degree, a lot of suffering. So practicing to make our minds peaceful, we can then understand the truth. And this is the arising of wisdom, just like the five the group of five ascetics that were um, the first enlightened beings that our Buddha taught. He taught them the lakana Sutta, the discourse on the characteristic of not-self. And he taught that the five khandhas of body, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness, he asked the five ascetics, are these uh, five uh, groups, are they permanent or impermanent? And he said that they're impermanent. He said, is that which is impermanent or ever-changing, is it satisfying or unsatisfying? And they answered unsatisfying. He said that which is ever-changing and unsatisfying, is that worthy of being called a me, an I, or a mine? And they said, no. So, um, during this discourse, these five ascetics, all of them realized uh, arahanship, full enlightenment, complete freedom from the obstructions of mind. And these five ascetics had built a great level of parami, of spiritual perfection already before this point. So for them, it, was a, it seemed like a short time before they could succeed to full enlightenment. And for us, our parami, is not full yet, so we should continue to build parami, continue to build parami along the path of generosity, virtue, and mental development, and building parami in this this way, then one day the mind can be peaceful. Before the mind was chaotic and distracted, but through practice the mind can learn to be peaceful and yet this samadhi this peacefulness is something that its nature is to degrade we can have samadhi one day and then another day have no samadhi and this is because clinging and attachment arises in the mind so we must practice again and again and develop the peacefulness of mind again and then uh, wisdom can arise and our wrong views can change into right views so in the beginning we do not see the dharma we do not see the truth and this is because of the first three fetters of identity view clinging to rites and rituals and skeptical doubt and these fetters these ties that bind us to the realm of birth and death that tie us to constant uh, cycling through uh, pleasure and pain and suffering these fetters are thick and tough. And yet later on in the practice, it's not difficult to cut them off. So one must develop mindfulness and wisdom at all times, cultivate the mind to be strong and firm in samadhi. And then one day doing our chanting and meditation, um, we should have this chanting and meditation, have it be our the work for the mind so for uh, lay people one would have a a job already and the purpose of that job is to obtain the four requisites food shelter clothing and medicine and for our mind we should give our mind a job as well to develop these inner qualities and to practice the mind on along the lines of the noble eightfold path and this job for the mind this inner work has a much greater value than the outer work that we already have, has a much greater value than all outer wealth that we could ever obtain. So for a Sotapanna, a stream enter one at the first level of enlightenment, it is said that the inner wealth that they gain, the freedom from suffering that they've realized is greater than all of the wonderful and vast wealth in the human world and in the, and in the heavenly world as well and uh Sotopana is incapable of being born in one of the lower realms of either the jealous gods the animals the hungry ghosts or the hell beings uh, stream enter is one with a mind that's above the uh, six sense objects above the moons of the world and this is something that we're all capable of realizing. So one should see the objects of mind and contemplate them as ever changing, stressful and ownerless. One should not cling to them. And one should have uh, loving kindness and equanimity and to practice giving forgiveness and to rejoice in the goodness of others and to help others as best we can this is having the four brahma-viharas, the four divine abidings taking care of our hearts. And we should practice to have our mindfulness be firm using various mantras such as buddho, dammo, Sango or arahang, arahang, or sama, sambuddho, and so on. One can pick various mantras of various lengths as one sees fit, and one can reflect on the meaning of these words that we're reciting, such as the, the Buddha is a great arahant, one who's free from the kilesas, one who completely self awakened by his own efforts and so forth, according to the various mantra one picks. And this is having the mind established with a basis for development, with a meditation object and practicing in this one in this way, one is able to control and keep under control the five hindrances of sensual desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and skeptical doubt. So, when the mind is peaceful, often then we see the value of a peaceful mind. It can give us a great happiness greater than greater than other types of happiness. And when the mind becomes very peaceful, the mantra we've been reciting may disappear of its own accord and then rapture and bliss and a feeling of fullness in the heart arise. At this point, we can contemplate the Dhamma and the mind is capable of understanding very clearly with no room for doubt. And when the mind does this, the mind is able to gather in one point and cut off the fetters, cut off the kilesas and realize uh, the state of liberation. And to bring the point and bring the mind to the point where it's able to gather together like this, it takes time. We need to build spiritual qualities, need to build parmi. need to practice giving virtue and meditation And in the beginning, one must practice a lot of patient endurance. One must have a lot of effort. If one sits for an hour and only has five minutes of peacefulness, this is really great already. And then later on with continuous practice, whether one is sitting, walking, standing, or lying down, one is able to be peaceful in all these different postures due to the continuous effort that one is made in the practice. So, doing this practice, this is the method to pay homage to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And practicing correctly is capable of giving rise to right view, which again can cut off the three fetters of uh, self identity view, clinging to rites and rituals, and skeptical doubt. So we should develop the mind to a state of purity. And in our lives now, we really have a great chance. It is a wonderful chance that we have having met the Dhamma of the Buddha. So we must not be heedless. We must practice mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom, and follow the teachings of the Kumbhajans, the great masters like Lung Pu Cha, who taught us to let go of all the various moods and sense objects that arise in the mind, and to not cling to any of the six sense objects. Because if we do cling, the mind will proliferate, and this will be suffering. And we can look as an example at the meditation hall. If the meditation hall only has a few people in it, we can perceive the hall as being a big hall, but on a busy day, like a large holiday, then many, many people come and we may perceive the meditation hall as being a small meditation hall. So seeing this as big or small, this is just the proliferation of mind. In reality, it's just nature. The the meditation hall is not big or small, it's just how it is. So, seeing this, one sees the truth, one sees the Dhamma, and one sees that all of this just arises from the mind proliferating, whether seeing things as good or bad, big or small, tall or short, all this arises just from the mind proliferating. In reality, it all just arises and passes away. And seeing this is seeing the Dhamma, seeing the truth. Materiality is just materiality. Form is just form. It's not a me or a mine or a you or a yours. The body is not a I, not a me. It's just a body. Seeing this way is vipassana, clear seeing. So, in whatever posture, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, have mindfulness, whether speaking or being silent have mindfulness whatever activity that one is doing practice to have mindfulness practice continuously in this way and the mind can realize peacefulness and steadiness of mind this is samadhi then one can see arising and passing away of the body for instance and this is vipassana the body is just a body not a me or a mine a you or a yours this is seeing the dhamma And we can say that the gates to the Dhamma were opened by the Buddha. And in the present day, they're still open. The way to the Dhamma is open in the present time. So we should practice to see this Dhamma. And seeing the Dhamma, we'll see the Buddha. The Buddha hasn't gone anywhere. He's not far, he's not anywhere else. So practice continuously. Develop the heart at all times. Don't miss out on this opportunity that we have. Cultivate the heart to have wisdom and cultivate the heart to have a caretaker, to have something watching over it. In this uh, wisdom that we develop, this wisdom can be the the caretaker and this can overcome attachment and clinging So when the heart is peaceful, then this rapture and bliss can arise, wisdom can arise, and this is developing the Noble Eightfold Path that the Buddha taught. So use this practice as a way to pay homage to the Buddha. We call this, uh, yeah, the practice, or the homage, or the practice of paying homage and seeing, clearly we see the dhamma and this is a great homage to the buddha and we can recollect the great parami the great spiritual development that the buddha had done in all his various lifetimes to overcome all suffering and this can inspire us to also um, practice to overcome all suffering and this overcoming of suffering is simply done through the practice of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom, the Noble Eightfold Path. And in the beginning, this path can feel heavy and difficult, but later on, later on in the practice, it's not that hard or heavy. So in the beginning, have lots of patient endurance, lots lots of effort. Take care of one's heart. And in the beginning, one has various good and bad, uh things in the heart various wholesome and unwholesome uh, mind states and one should practice uh the four right efforts to abandon whatever unwholesome state is present and to avoid unarisen unwholesome states and to uh, further cultivate arisen wholesome states and to give rise to unarisen wholesome states So we should make these four efforts and have mindfulness with our breath as a meditation object. And keep a watch over the heart, control the heart well. Use applied thought and sustained thought, and this can lead to um, rapture and bliss arising. Contemplate the body, contemplate the mind, See it as not a me, an I, a you or a yours. Have the mind, uh, practice mindfulness and wisdom to know the truth and to let go of the causes of suffering. So all of us should make effort to practice the path that's been shown to us by the Buddha. And we can recollect that in the time of the Buddha, many, many people saw the Dhamma many lay people. For instance, the great uh, lay disciple, the foremost male lay disciple, Anattapindaka, who saw the Dhamma, and the foremost uh, female lay disciple who also saw the Dhamma, Lady Visaka. And we can also recollect uh, King Bimbisara and his retinue um, for himself, and many of his retinue, they all saw the Dhamma as well. So we're not too far away. May you be determined to practice. May you keep practicing. May you all be well and happy.